This is the Pastor Wife Life, a podcast for pastor's wives. Our hope is to bring encouragement and inspiration to your pastor wife life. Life in the ministry is one of the most fulfilling callings there is, but it's also one of the most challenging. We believe that God has uniquely gifted you to fulfill this calling. Our lives will probably not look the same. Our families and churches may be very different, but I think we can all agree that God is good and He is faithful to gently lead us on this journey, providing everything we need to live the pastor wife life. I'm Jackie Garner, host of the Pastor Wife Live podcast, and you're listening to episode number 82, my conversation with Heather Conley. And I have a few recorded conversations that need to be published, but I wanted to go ahead and publish this one because we recorded it on March 27th, 2020. And this is right in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. And she gives some tips on how her church is ministering in this really crazy season that we're in right now. So I wanted to go ahead and publish it now rather than later. So if you are listening to this down the road and we are past this pandemic, praise Jesus, keep listening because Heather has a great story. She and her husband were youth pastors, but they became lead pastors um, and moved to a new church just as their 13 month old daughter was diagnosed with a rare cancer. So That's a lot of factors going into coming into a new church. And she talks about what that was like. And it's so good, y'all. You're going to just love her story. She talks a lot about expectations. And and I know that you know that there are a lot of spoken and unspoken expectations on us as pastor's wives. Some of those we put on ourselves. Some of those come from words that were spoken in our churches. So you know what I'm talking about. But She talks about how she learned how to look beyond people's expectations and her own expectations of herself to become everything that God has called her to be and focus on that. So this is such a great conversation. You are absolutely going to love it. Be sure and check out the show notes for some links that we mentioned uh, during our conversation. You can find those at thepastorwifelife.com slash podcast. Also, I want to, because we are in the midst of this um pandemic and all of our schedules have come to a I don't I want to say halt because I'm actually busier than I've ever been because I'm I do the social media and the online stuff for our church so I'm actually busier than I've ever been however I um my schedule is changed and it's a little bit more flexible as far as recording conversations so all of that to say I'd love to record a conversation with you so you can go to the show notes and find the link or just go to the pastorwifelife.com slash guest and find out how you can be a guest on the podcast because I'm going to open up some more time slots now that I have a little bit more flexible time. What it is is that I have time at home by myself that I didn't have before. So I'm able to record in um, more times than usual because I'm not watching my granddaughter right now which is sad. But anyway, I'd love to chat with you and record a conversation, especially if right now you're doing something amazing with your uh, church family during this season of COVID-19. Anyway, check that out. Let's get into my conversation though with Heather. You are going to love it. Here we go. Well, Heather, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be with you today. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Um, tell us a little bit about you. I know they're going to think that you're, you know, from probably New York or something when they hear your voice, (laughs) but, uh, tell us a little bit about you. No, I am from South Carolina, Rock Hill, South Carolina. I have, um, two girls. They are my world, Reagan and McKinley. Uh, Reagan is five, McKinley is three. And then my husband, Patrick, um, he has been my sweetheart now, for about 10 years, actually, yeah, for a little over 10 years. So, um, and we are lead pastors at Garden Sanctuary Church of God uh, in Rock Hill. So um, I love, I'm a stay-at-home mom. So I love, uh, I love to be at home with them. Um, I love to hike. I love to paint. I love all things art. Before I came home, um, I was an art teacher. Uh, for a little while, for about five years. Um, so I love all things art. Um, that, see, yeah. I asked you earlier, are you musical? But I guess what I really, in my head, what I really was, is are you artsy? Because just yeah. the way 
you're so cute right now with your hat and everything. Oh, you look adorable. You. And I can see behind you into your beautiful home. It's oh, decorated so beautifully. You. So that explains it. You're artsy. Maybe yes. not musical, but definitely. Not musically, definitely but for sure. I love, um, I mean, you put me in a consignment shop and I'm in heaven. Uh, I love to um, DIY anything. My husband always, um, it's funny because someone at the church let me borrow a sander, a hand sander. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't let her have that. She distresses everything. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, well, the kids distress it anyway because I have small kids, right? So right. You know, they're going to distress it anyway. So let's just go ahead and beat them to it. So. Well, but I love, you, I love you, that. you could have a whole, I mean, I'm just basing it on what I can see, which is, I don't know your living room or whatever, but yeah. you could like yeah. do a whole thing on just decorating. Cause I'm like loving those oh, baskets on the fireplace that nobody thank you. Can see, but they're hearing me talking about them. But anyway, <laughs> so, so how did you become the pastor's wife? So, um, we, when we come to this church, um, we had pastored before for about five years. And then my husband, one day we, I was a teacher, he was a principal and he comes in. Oh, and he oh, said, oh, you didn't mention this before. This sounds scandalous. Oh yes. You well, No, no, no. We were already married. See, I kind of oh, got okay, him the job. Okay. already married. I promise. And, um, which, which made it very interesting because he was my pastor, my boss and my husband. So that, yeah. Talk about um, leaving things at home. It was, no, we, we did, we make a good team, but yeah, we had to leave things at the school. We had to leave things at the church. I was like, oh my gracious. I will say that I think that's why I took up running because that was the only way that I got like time to myself because he was everywhere. Right. goodness. Um, But I love him. But I, yeah, I had to, we had to get some outlets, but, um, so he, he comes in my classroom one day and he said, Heather, I, I just want you to know, I put in uh, an application for this, you know, uh, pastorate and, uh, or put his name in, I think he said. Um, and he didn't tell me. And I was like, what? And he said, you know, I've been praying and I really feel like God is, you know, just, you know, lifting my burden for, for where he was. And the way our organization and denomination works is basically, you know, you come in and pastors can change every, you know, couple years or whatever. And, um, at this point, this pastor had moved into state work. And so there was 50 applicants for this church. So he's like, Heather, it's a long shot. I'm probably the youngest one that applied. Don't worry. We're not moving basically. So I'm like, okay, didn't think anything else about it. And then he gets a call one day and he's like, he, he came in and he's like, well, you're not going to believe this, but, um, somebody called and they want to interview us. And I said, but I thought you said, you know, and so we go and he's like, no, I really feel like it's God. I feel like it's a God thing. And I'm like, well, there's 50 applicants. Like we're not going to get it. Right. I mean, there's just no way. And so he comes in and we, we interviewed, which was awkward. I mean, have you, have you ever had to interview? Mm-hmm. Okay. Very awkward. Yes. But so, so I come, I'm like, what am I, you know, how, I'm not the talker. You wouldn't know it after this podcast, but I'm not really the talker. He's definitely the talker. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, I don't want to say anything stupid. So I'm just going to sit here and <laughs> smile and let him talk. Right. And, um, so, I mean, you could just tell in the room, like they were just complete, they just fell in love with him. And they were like, you know, we're going to have you come preach and, you know, meet the people and just have this like kind of a gathering or whatever. And, but we'll call you back, you know, and I'm thinking, so that was like a week and that was the longest week ever for him. I'm just like, okay, let's try not to think about it. And, um, but we started, he got a call, I guess, at the end of that week. And they said, you know, we want to meet, we want to meet you again. And so we come to the church, met the clerk and, um, she showed us around to the parsonage and, um, I just remember looking at it. It is a um, huge parsonage, right? So I'm just, and we have, we moved out of a really tiny house, which I really, really loved. Or we talked about that before. Um, But I'm like, I don't have furniture for this house. Like I don't have anything. I have two chairs, right? Because my, I mean, it was an open floor plan, but it was like super small and I could keep my kids all. So um, 
we come in and of course the kids were like running around and I was just like, God, is, you know, is this what you want? So um, we come back and um, they, they called him after that meeting, after we had viewed the parsonage and stuff. And they said, you know, we think it's God's will for you to come. And so that was um, a transition, but uh, we love it. Uh, we got here and, and we're home for sure. Oh, I love that. How did you guys meet? Obviously not as a, as a teacher and a principal. I'm very relieved. <laughs> so this is, this is going to be funny. Um, we actually were both serving at a youth camp and um he had he had come in and i had always i had kind of grew up at this church so i knew everybody and i was just coming to be an extra set of hands and he comes in i'd never really seen anybody come with a family that i knew and he was introduced with another young lady that i knew was married okay this is going to sound so crazy but this is our story so i've got to tell it um, but he comes in and so I had assumed, you know how you meet people and you're like, okay, you're, that's their brother. That's their, what? well, I had paired him and this other lady up to be like husband and wife. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought they were, they were always together. Okay. They're married. And so he comes through the line and he, I think I was serving peas. Crazy. <laughs> so glamorous. He's like, yeah. He's like. <laughs> I want, I want some of those peas. I don't, or somebody behind him said, you don't even like peas. And he's just like, I'm just getting them because she's serving them. So I'm standing there and I give him his peas. But I, again, remember, I've already paired him with this other girl. So I'm like, oh my word. And so I'm looking at her and I'm like, is she picking up on what I'm picking up on? Or am I just looking like, it was just so awkward. Right. <laughs> So I, I'm thinking he's married, like trying to flirt. And so I told the lady that was over like the kitchen, I was like, I'm not serving anymore. I will do dishes because that preacher is weird, right? Because he had done it like a devotion and knew as a preacher. Well, anyway, fast forward to the <laughs> end of that youth camp. And I mean, when I say I avoided him, I like would go the, if he was walking one way out of, it was just like so awkward. So. I heard her say, I've got to go call my husband. And I just looked and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm thinking like he's sitting right over there and she's just like, well, he's in Pennsylvania. And I was like, oh my gracious, you mean that's not your husband? And she's like, no. And so I was, you would have to know, like know me personally and know my personality. I was, it was eating me alive because I knew I was a little rude, um, <laughs> not meaning to be, but just trying to be like, okay, that's not okay. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, I was trying to, and so I just went up to him and I was like, look, just like that. I said, I'm really sorry that I was so rude. I thought you were Jessica's husband. And I thought you were being weird when you were flirting back there. And he was just, he just kind of looked at me and I think he was trying to process it all. And he was just like, okay. Um, and then we started talking and I was just like, yeah. And I thought you were married and I don't play that. And he was just like, oh my goodness. So he starts laughing hysterically. And then the people around us like heard. And of course he told the story. And then by the end of the night, he asked for my number. And so the rest is history. <laughs> so cute <laughs> it it was it was pretty crazy oh I love that oh oh my goodness that's so awesome and now here you yeah. are here I am uh well I have to bring this up because of the time we're recording this it is March 27th Friday um yes the time like if you're listening to this down the road Right now, none of us know what day it is. We don't know what time it is. We have no idea what's going on because yes. we are all basically in lockdown over the coronavirus. Yes. Which has <laughs> upended everything that we know to be normal, especially in ministry world. And oh, so sure. we are all um, not doing church in, in person. We're, we've all become televangelists yes. and we are doing this whole thing online. So I have been so amazed at just all the different ways that churches are reaching out to people. I mean, I, I just believe it's one of the greatest times the church has ever had actually. Yeah. Because we're seeing people, first of all, it's been good for some of us and by some of us, I'm pointing to myself, of yeah. to get, to stop relying on Sunday service. 
Um, because Sunday's easy. You're already there and it's easy to talk to the people that just pop up in front of your face. I mean, you're there, but now we're having to do things a little bit differently and we're having to get out of our comfort zones. A lot of us, um, some of us are introverts and are living our dream right now as we're sitting in our houses. That would be me. Um, and I was saying earlier that my life has hardly changed because I hardly go anywhere. Yeah. um, my life hasn't changed that much, but I know some of the extroverts out there are about to lose their minds. Yes. But through all of this, we're still trying to stay connected to our churches because this will end. This will pass. For sure. For sure. And we want to um, have have come through this, survived it um, yes. as a church. And so we're all finding ways to connect. So anyway, all that to say is what are some of the ways that you and uh, your husband have been connecting with your church family? So um, I think for us, it has been a little more personal. Like you said, you know, it's easy to talk when they're standing right in front of you on Sunday, but just being a little more intentional, I guess is the word I'm looking for um, through the week. Um, you know, we'll text or, you know, talk to someone if they have, I guess, um, an appointment or something like that. But just actually, like, I've been trying to reach out to my moms. I've got like a list of moms that I know that are at home. They've brought their work home, their homeschooling, um, to just like send them a little pick me up. Um, and not only just open ended things, but just saying, Hey, I know school was, you know, rough yesterday. I, you know, I seen your post, whatever. Um, how, how did it go today? I prayed for you today. Um, just being, going that extra step, I think means so much. Um, I know I did it with one lady. Um, she was having a really rough time. She had brought home her job. And then I think they had talked about laying her off even, wasn't giving her the hours. And then she had two kids and they were in older grades. So she's like, and this work, and then their homework is just completely overwhelming. And I called her and I prayed with her or, you know, asked her if I could pray with her. And then I just kind of checked up on her throughout that week. I was like, you know what, you got this and was kind of her cheerleader. And I have seen I would just say a different side of them because where they know I'm always here for the most part, you know, when I can be, um, to support them, just kind of being their cheerleader through this and saying, I see you and you're doing a great job and you're doing the best you can. And I appreciate your effort. You know, um, you appreciate your effort. Um, it's okay. Be present over perfect. You don't have to have it all. You, you don't have to have it all right. Um, nobody has it all right. You're, you know, the teachers are not mommy in too, right? Uh, at the same time, you're doing all of this, you know, look at what you are doing. Amazing. And um, I've just seen a different side um, and not only connecting with the moms, but just connecting with everybody on a more personal level, I think. It's definitely made it personal. Definitely. Yeah. It's, just seeing inside of their life, you know? Yep. Yeah, the last person I texted, I, I just said, you know, how are you doing? Because she was younger, so I felt comfortable texting rather than a phone yeah. call. And she said, oh, I work at a grocery store. Well, I didn't know this. I didn't know that about her. She's like, I work yeah. at a grocery store, and it's been utter madness. And yeah. so yeah. I was like, oh, I mean, I, th- I remember thinking as soon as she texted, oh, my goodness, I never knew this about her. So yes. that's, you know, that's amazing to, to just yeah. – know people on a more personal level because that's the questions that are coming up now are not the normal questions you would ask on a Sunday. And I mean, and like, I mean, if you, if any, or probably all like this, as you're talking, you're seeing other people out of the corner of your eye that are coming towards you. And then the service is about to start and all this stuff's happening. But now when you're texting or talking to someone on the phone, it's like personal. Yeah. You're giving them, you're giving them a piece of you that they don't always get. Like, and even if you text them and they can't respond back, you know, right then, you know, when you're like through the day, I've tried to make, I don't always do it because I get busy with the kids. But when I think about it, I try to be intentional. If I've thought about them, I try to pray for them and I try to tell them, Hey, I, I lifted your name up before the Lord, because I know for me, when my pastor's wife used to connect with me, that just like, that changed my day. Right. Wait a minute. Somebody thought about me. Like, I appreciate that because I know how busy and distracted we can get. And so for Mm -hmm. somebody to even take the time to say, 
I prayed for you today. I'm thinking about you today. I know you had that appointment today. I love you. And, you know, even like your grocery store worker, you know, hey, I know it's going to be crazy today because everybody's going to be in there buying toilet paper or trying to find it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm praying for you, whatever. It, just making it personal. You don't even realize how much they they remember that stuff. Even there's, there's times that people has come up to me and said, Hey, you know, remember when you said this and I'm thinking, no, did I send that text? You know, that day right. that really spoke to me. Like I was going through da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, you know, it had to be God. It wasn't me because I just thought about you and I was trying to do what I had, you know, had told myself that I was going to intentionally try to try to do that day. But God used that in, in such a bigger way. It's been so good. I mean, I, I never thought that one of my things I would ever text to a church person was, hey, how are you doing on toilet paper? But, yes. but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Because we if are. you are listening to this down the road and you do not yes. remember what, for whatever reason, the whole world went crazy and bought all the toilet paper for yes, a virus that has basically nothing to do with that issue. No. But anyway, toilet paper is super hard to find. And we're going to laugh about this one day. I know we yes. are. Right now, it's yes. not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is not. Well, you just hey, laugh you were, so you don't cry. Yeah, and you were wondering maybe what to call the podcast. Maybe call it toilet paper. I don't yeah, know. There we like, go. There we go. Here this we go. The, uh, the one about toilet paper. Yes, the toilet uh, paper episode. Or, maybe, you know, bathroom tissue if we want to be classy. Yes, yes, true, true. Classy, <laughs> uh, sure. So is there any, like, have you had any, like, testimonies or anything come out of your church family that's uh, through uh, specifically about Corona? Um, so I have definitely, when we did our service online, probably for the past two services, um, and I don't even know if this is kind of a testimony, but just something that the feedback that we've got, um, just that, you know, how they miss church and how, oh my goodness, I did not realize what I had until I didn't go to, right. you know, we're not able to go to church. And they're like, man, I want to be there. And I cannot tell you the messages. Um, we have a Monday night prayer meeting and that next, let's see, I'm trying to figure out where we are in this whole quarantine. <laughs> I'm telling um, you. <laughs> we're like, are we two weeks in? I think we're two weeks in. Um, I, yeah, we're two weeks in. I had uh, so many messages about like, hey, are, are we are we doing prayer? Like, I don't know. It'll probably be more than 10. And it's just so like, it's so interesting where our prayer meetings normally are really super small. They're very intimate, you know, just a couple handful of people. And everybody's like, I want to come to church and I want to pray, like get me in the doors and just understanding how important it is for us to meet together. Um, even when they log in like online on Facebook live, they're like, Oh my goodness. I can't wait to get back. When I get back, we're going to have the best service ever. Oh, <laughs> you know, we are, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's definitely going to be powerful. Oh, I, I, I'm, I has been started talking about that like a week ago, 10 days ago. Yeah. We were talking like, can you imagine that? That is going to be my, my favorite service that I've ever experienced up until now is the service that we had in Orlando when hurricanes, there was a series of hurricanes that came through and um, we had, I think it was the very first hurricane took out the power in the church, broke some windows, stuff like that. And we had service with no power that day and oh, wow. it was hot as heck in there. And yeah. And our worship leader was, uh, a, he's a big guy. And I remember just the sweat dripping off his elbow down and making a puddle uh -huh. on the floor. That's my favorite service. Like that was really? my favorite yeah. service. But I said, this one is going to top it when we come back. Oh yeah. Dinner. This is going to oh, be like, sure. we top it like a million times over. It's yes, gonna be it is amazing. going to be amazing. So and I yeah. feel like people are, I mean, this is, this is what I'm believing. I mean, I really do believe this. I'm not just hoping, but I feel like people have, even people who've taken church for granted, like they're, they're church members, but you know, they come when they come. I yeah. feel like they're going to be like, this is the absence is going to make the heart grow fonder and they're not going to be able to wait to get back into church. Yes. That is, that is kind of the attitude that I have seen and how important it is for your family to actually like have an altar in the home mm, um, yes. because you can't come to church, right? right? You have to, your home is your sanctuary. So it's important for your kids to know, Hey, it's time to pray guys, or Hey, it's time to worship and just building that 
um, family worship time that I feel like is strong. And, and I, even through this, I know it's terrible and it has made the world go crazy, but I feel like God, even through the midst of like the crazy is like pushing a reset. He's, he's giving yes. us an opportunity to say, Hey, I want you to come draw close to me because you know, they're going to sell you fear. They're, it's going to be fearful out there. But you know what? This is an opportunity for me to pull you close as my child and say, I got this, you know, and yes. just create that in your home. Because I know for, for us, prayer time has become like we've, all, we've prayed with our babies, but just a special time because we don't have that. Oh, we'll do it Sunday or oh, right. we'll do it Wednesday. Exactly. Right. So it's been special for sure. It's definitely, I mean, this is without a doubt the most unique experience I've ever had. All of us. I mean, yes. none of us have ever lived through anything like this and it's crazy yeah. and it's awesome at the same time. And it's terrible at the same time. It's like yeah. all the things, all the it's things crazy. all the time. Yeah. And my emotions are everywhere. Like, I like totally from minute to minute is. Yes. Um, yes. I, I feel that. What, it, what, like, what have you uh, done personally to, to maintain your, not sanity, but that's kind of, I don't know, the gist of what I'm asking is, you know, how have you kept yourself from freaking out? For sure. Um, by nature, I am, I kind of can be a little fearful at times if I'm not, um, I can let something consume me. And especially if I like get on Facebook or read the stuff or read any of the charts or, or anything like that. Just, um, with having a baby with a low immune system, mm -hmm. um, that can be extremely scary, but, um, I have tried to put things in place because I know my triggers. If you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, what is, what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Right. So, um, what I try to do, and I can't say that I've been faithful every day, but I try to put in place, I'm going to, um, make a list. I'll tell myself like the day before I'm going to make a list of what I'm going to do the next day. Like if I want to, um, you know, do school with the kids, my daughter is five. So she goes to preschool. So we do a little bit of, you know, um, school, but I try to write the things down that I want to conquer that I want to do with the girls and have that like already on a list because I know that with kids, it can go very crazy. And, you know, if you don't have a schedule, you know, it can, you know, there's no nap. So, and there's no this and it's outside and they're eating at this time and they're going to bed at this time. So I try to, um, I try to make a list. And when I have that list, I try to be flexible because, you know, kids are going to be, you know, kids are going to need brain breaks. You're going to need a brain break. Um, yep. everybody's going to need their time. So, I try to make a list and what helps me personally, and this is what I've encouraged my ladies also to do is before my kids get up, before anybody in the house gets up, I try to pray. Um, that is the time or late at night, um, when they're going to bed. Um, if I can have it quiet, that's just my thing. I like to pace. And so I'll just walk through and I'll pray over my prayer list. I'll do my, I find that I'm a more patient mom <laughs> yeah. before, um, I can even do without my coffee, but I need to touch Jesus. <laughs> like I just need to pray. Right. Um, even if it's like 30 minutes, but when I get up the same time as, as the kids get up, it, Right. It typically works out very, I'm, I just kind of lays around and it just, it doesn't, I don't function as well as I do when I'm like, okay, I've prayed. I got Jesus. Now I can go mommy, you know? Good. That's a wisdom right there. That's so good. All right. Well, we, I know we're not going to stay on coronavirus forever because it's, <laughs> it, this is a temporary thing. So, so let's get back to pastor wife life. And t t you were talking about one of the lessons that you've learned in your time of being a pastor's wife is how important it is to be who God created you to be and not who the church people expect you to be. So let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, oh goodness. How much time do you have? <laughs> um, I feel like I can, not because I'm an expert on it, but just because I've been on the other side and had to learn the hard way. Um, we were, I said, we come here about, I think I told our story about two and a half years ago, but we were pastoring and even um, served as a youth pastor somewhere else for two years. And then we had pastored prior to this about five years. And I just remember stepping into that role and the hard thing about expectations um, and this is why I think I love what you do so much because I think the pastor's wife sometimes 
there, there's the, there are these lost jewels out there that people don't, don't really see what they put in because they're, they're kind of living and not in a bad way, but in the shadow of the pastor, because Mm -hmm. there's, you know, everyone looks at the pastor and it's like, you know, um, it's hard because you're this quiet person that's in the back that they just don't see, you know, um, or the sacrifices or the things, not that it needs to be highlighted all the time, but it's just like, you don't know unless you've been there. Um, right. Kind of deal. Um, for sure. I have the utmost respect, uh, for pastor's wife, more pastor's wives in general, um, more than I ever did. Right. Because I'm like, oh, my goodness, you. Yes. Can I high five you when I hear of somebody, you know, doing ministry for 30 years? I'm like, give me a high five. Like Mm -hmm. you are right. Um, But just walking that thing out. And the bad thing about what I was saying was uh, before I got sidetracked um, about expectations is a lot of times you don't know that you've not met them until you've not met them. Right. You don't know that you've. So like no one gives you, when you start a church, no one gives you a list and says, okay, now you may get some little chalk or some little chat, but for the most part, you know, you don't know these invisible lists until, you know, you've already messed up, right? Right. That, you just said it right there. So you're like, okay, well, I didn't know you wanted me to do this, or I didn't know you wanted me to do this. And whereas the pastor, he kind of, I mean, not, maybe not a physical, you know, role, but he kind of has a role. Whereas you, you know, you may be this and they're sizing you up from the pastor's wife before or this or that. And so you have all these things, um, that come against you and it's a little difficult, um, for anybody, um, no matter what age you are, but it's, it's like overwhelming sometimes you're like, well, I didn't know I was supposed to be this to you or, you know, I didn't know you didn't want me to, whether it's call or text or whatever. So I feel like I found that out the hard way. Um, I was young, very young. When we started lead, um, in a lead pastor role, I think I was, um, 26. So very green. And I, I mean, and if I'm honest, I absolutely had something to prove right? Um, because I was going to prove that I could do this and that I wasn't too young and that I could, I knew what I was doing, even though all the while I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Some of these people have been saved longer than I've been alive, right? What am I going to tell them, um, about God and his faithfulness, you know? And, um, so it, that was really difficult for me. And it wasn't until I think, Um, I had a, probably just a life change when my daughter was diagnosed, um, with neuroblastoma that everything stopped in my life. I always tell people, um, I, I grew up or matured 10 years. Like I may be 33, but I matured like way past my physical age Mm. because I'm not the same person. I, 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 I see things differently. I do things differently. And I think it was God saying, Heather, I've not called you to meet everybody else's expectations. I've called you to walk in who I have made you to be. And you know, when you pray, sometimes I talk very candidly to God. I'm like, God, you know how I am. Like, you know how I'm wired. You wired me this way. How am I going to deal with, you know, this individual or this situation? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but I think it just goes back to God saying, I just want a willing heart. I know you don't know what you're doing. You know, I know that you are broken in so many areas, but I need you to understand that and to understand your need of me, you know? Oh, so good. And that is, that is kind of what I, if I, if I had something in that time that I learned, um, just my faith I tried to be everything for everybody and I wasn't, I never even prayed. My prayer was not, you know, God, and I guess it was, but I wasn't living that thing out. Right. I wasn't, um, you know, I, I wanted to do what they wanted me to do. And I, if someone would complain about not having events, it's like, oh, I need to go plan in an event, you know, an event, whatever. Or, oh, I need to decorate this entire room because if I ask anybody, that's putting somebody else out. And I had the worst 
the worst habit ever. I didn't know how to say no. If you asked me like to make a cake on a Friday and I knew I had like a zoo trip on a Saturday, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. You know, and my husband, he would look at me and he would say, what are you thinking? Like, why are you saying yes? It's okay to say no. And I was such the people pleaser. And I think when you find yourself in ministry, especially the pastor's wife, if you're a people pleaser, that can be so overwhelming. Yes. And And I think all of us have a little bit of that in us at some point. Yes. I mean, some of yeah, us more than others, but oh man, you find out that you do have it in there. Yeah. And I, I remember I took care of this um, lady. Um, I would just drive her around because she wasn't able to drive around and take her to appointments. And I would just talk to her about the day. And she said, have you ever, do you know the word no? <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? And she gave me so much advice over those several years. And she said, you know, it's okay for you to say no. You're not, you're not doing God or them a disservice when you say no. And it never occurred to me. I was like, well, why would I say no if I could do it? You know? And then it just... But, you know, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else, right? Right. So in those cases, I was saying no to my babies. I was saying in the name of ministry or in the name of I've got to do this because I'm the pastor's wife and I don't have a choice but to, you know, say yes because they might get upset and I would never want to upset them, right? Um, Or, you know, make them feel like I didn't care about them um, because my love language is acts of service. So in Mm. that, I think that's all kind of tied in together in a way, um, just acts of service. So I would try to do things for people to show them that I cared when everybody's, you know, love language is not acts of service. Right. Right. Um, but mine but it's is funny. How, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny how you are just the way you're wired and how you try to show love, mm-hmm. um, the way that you receive it for sure. But, um, yeah. And so when we, when my daughter, um, was diagnosed. She was diagnosed in 2018. And I remember how old was she? She was, let's see, 13 months. She was 13 months when she was originally diagnosed. And, um, I just remember it being like a, um, a bad dream. Uh, she was diagnosed and around this time. And the reason why this is so, I feel like important in the story of our ministry is because that was right around the time my husband had told me about this appointment, right? Mm-hmm. And we were, were going, and I'm kind of, you know, um, rewinding a little bit, but we got, the, we got the call that she had this mass, and I remember just thinking in my mind, like, this is, this is a bad dream. I'm just going to wake up. It can't be, it can't be so. I'm supposed to be the encourager for other people when this happens, not the other way around. And I just remember um, having that diagnosis and having, you know, staying at the hospital and the flood of just strangers. At this point, the, the church was a, you know, a lot of them, I didn't even know their names, but they um, would message me and tell me how they were praying for me and all this. And I just remember like stopping in my tracks and, and just being grateful Um, but also having just these emotions that I really didn't know what to do with because I couldn't form a prayer. Um, you, you know, you've heard of people just saying, oh, you know, God understands the tears and he understands the groans, but that's all I had. I Mm. could not even form words. I remember one time I was at the school because at that time I was trying to finish out, um, you know, the agreement that I had, um, planned to stay in between the appointments. And I remember someone coming up to me and just asking me a question And I just looked at him and Jacqueline, I could not, I couldn't speak. Like I could hear what they were saying and I knew what I wanted to say, but the words I could not like function. I I don't even know. I remember like them staring at me and I just remember walking away crying because I couldn't, I couldn't even speak. And I remember um, at that point, my mom had actually worked at the same facility and she was just like, you know, I didn't know you were, I didn't know it was that bad. Like you were like not even there with us, you know? I wasn't eating, but I had just come to a point in my life where my faith had just got so, so tested that I, I'm like, God, I know you're there. 
and I know that I'm supposed to have faith in you, but this is my baby, right? It's easy for me to tell sister so-and-so that everything is going to work out and God has this, but for me to walk it out, that was a whole different pill to swallow, mm-hmm. you know? I can encourage someone all day long and I can believe it 1000%. It's not that I'm doing it in some, you know, right. fake thing. I really believe it for them. But it was my baby that I was putting to bed that had the tumor, right? It was my baby that um that my husband, we sat down and had a real conversation and he said, um, what if she's not our forever baby? You know? And that's oh, a wow. hard conversation to have. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, I, that can't happen. I, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, in the middle of this, in the middle of these appointments, we're li- literally living out of boxes, trying to just, I mean, if you've ever moved, you've moved, you're a pastor's wife. <laughs> of yeah. course you've moved. Um, but you know how stressful it is to live out oh of boxes. Oh my goodness, yes. find anything. And having two kids, like, I'm just like, I don't even know. Let's go to Walmart and buy my an outfit because I'm not digging through that stuff. Like, I'm not even doing it. So, like, I was, I was just totally survival mode. And I remember feeling, feeling guilt because I wasn't the pastor's wife to the old congregation because we were in a transition period. And, like, I think they felt like I didn't care because – I just completely went to a survival just platform. I couldn't, I couldn't serve them. It's like, I couldn't serve them like I wanted to. And like my heart wanted to, because my baby had this and I was just not all with it. And then I was trying to learn the names of the new people at the church. And I'm like, I don't even know you. Like, were you here last Sunday? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even know if I was here last Sunday. Right. <laughs> um, and so having all that, um, all that come on me at one time, I just remember looking, you know, one day at God and saying, I can't carry this like by myself. It's way too heavy. And I remember, um, one lady in particular, she's in our church and she's a dear friend. Um, she's become a dear friend of mine. She come up to me on a Wednesday night and all of the services, uh, when we first come, especially the first year are very blurry to me Mm. just because, they're just blurry. And, but I remember her coming up to me and she like asked about McKinley. And I remember again, like trying to tell her, but like not being able to get my words out. And she just looked at me and she put her hand on my shoulders and she just cried with me. And I mean, I think we had been here like probably three services, like total. Um, and that just touched my heart so much. Cause like from my mom, she's like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I remember probably, you know, a hundred people told me it was going to be okay, but she stood there with me. And like in that moment, it wasn't that I was being, you know, the pastor's wife and I was, you know, serving her in that moment. It was just like, she was looking at a mama that was broken. Mm. That was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be here for y'all because my baby has neuroblastoma and they're not giving me much hope, you know, because it's, we don't know if it's isolated. And I just remember in that time, like God just slowing me down and saying, Heather, I've called you to this, but I've called you to this, not because you're strong enough. You're, you don't have anything in you that's strong enough to do this, to, to do this alone. Right. I can't do this alone. And I remember just that year and then the second year that that we've you know been here and served i've served in a much like raw genuine capacity because they've seen me at my absolute worst they've seen me when they had to, their faith had to carry me because i couldn't do it like i didn't have it and that has been such a very sweet and just very different than our, you know, our other church where I was trying to prove, I guess, or trying to be everything to everybody. And then just coming into this family and them saying, it's okay. Like we know, like we get it. Like you are human. And for me to be comfortable in saying, you know what, guys, I'm your pastor's wife, but that is just, I mean, that's just a title. It means, it literally means nothing other than I'm married to your pastor and I just happen 
to be here, but I love you. And I'm going through some of the same things that you are like, there's not, and to close that margin to where they feel like, you know what? Like, it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to not have it all figured out. Like there are some days and I look at my ladies, I fly by the seat of my pants. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm learning just like you, but to have that relationship with them where they feel comfortable enough to say, Hey, I'm having a really bad day. And I'm like, no judgment here. Your brokenness, like bring it on because I've got brokenness too. That's so good. So good. It is, it is literally something that has not, and it can't be taught in a book. Right. You know, you can't give someone a manual and say, okay, this is how I'm going to need you to act, react and be, you know, you have to almost live that thing out and be comfortable in your own skin, be able to be yourself. If you're not, you know, an outgoing person or, you know, if you are a quiet person, that's okay because God placed you exactly where you are. And he already knows that about you. Like, Everything he's done in your life has been calculated. It's not by accident. It is by divine appointment. And sometimes we put those expectations on ourselves and internalize them. And then we're like, God, I don't know what to do with these expectations. And he said, uh-uh, girl, you put those on yourself. I'm going to need you to back up, reset, and understand you can't do this without me anyway. So you just need to walk in the giftings and in the passions that I've given you. Preach, girl. This is I am, so good. I am, and, and I don't know about your experiences, but, you know, I'm sure if you, and you have pastored, or you guys have pastored for a little while, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Um, definitely. That's truth right there. Um, you, you're just not. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. As long as they... As long as they know you love them, I have, and again, I am, I've got people in my congregation that have been saved. I think we talked about this earlier that have been saved longer than I've even been alive. So it, there are times that it's been very awkward for me to like try to minister because I'm like, what am I going to tell you? Right? Like, you know, the right. Bible, you know, and <clears throat> Um, we are very honored in our church to have two retired pastor's wives that I honor and love so much, but I'm like, you guys are like so amazing, but like, it's, it's awkward sometimes for me to like be their pastor's wife. Cause I'm like, y'all know more than I do. Like, I'm just still trying to figure this thing out, but it's so funny because we have such a, like a cool relationship. Cause I'll say, you know, like, I need your help. Like, I need you to pray. Cause you already know where I'm at. Right. And um, just to honor them in that way. And I do, I respect them because they've given their life. Mm -hmm. They have done something that like not everybody can do. Being, you know, a pastor's wife and a pastor is not for the faint in heart. That's for sure. <laughs> you, um, you definitely, it has to be a calling and it has to, has to be something that you look at God and say, God, I know that you have given me, you've laid this mantle on me, but I can't do this without you. And to constantly and intentionally go back to him and say, I'm broken. You know, you know, like we said, you know how I'm wired, God, I don't know if I can do this, but he, you know, just continue. He'll give you that encouragement to keep going. That is so good. This is so encouraging. I'm so glad I, 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 we all need to hear this. So, and you may need to hear it again. So one day you'll go yes. back and listen to your own, your own podcast episode here. Because, yes. You're because so right. This is, so this right. is, this is pastor wife life. Yes. And it's so good. So, um, up, update us a little bit on your daughter. Don't leave us hanging. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so we, they ended up finding an isolated tumor in her right lung. Um, they removed it um, May the 5th, um, two years ago. And she is, uh, cancer free. We still have to go for scans. Right. Um, we are We don't have any more MIBG scans where she has to be put to sleep, but we have CT scans and she rocks it. Um, she is the strongest little person I know. 
um, she has got the grit of the Hulk. And I'm not just saying that because she's my daughter. She is literally so strong. And um, I'm very, she, her birth, um, her, the pregnancy, everything has literally been a struggle. I know she's got something to do for God. Um, because from the day that we found out we were pregnant with her, I couldn't carry her full term. Um, she had some developmental issues. She literally had, um, acid reflux where she, she wasn't taking the milk. So literally, and I mean, this is within the first year of her life. Like it was one thing after another, after another, after another. And, um, but she, she really is, she really is, she's in remission right now. So we are good, but her immune system still isn't what it should be. So, um, but we're just blessed and thankful that God definitely was faithful in that situation. That's such a great testimony. I love that your church got to walk through this with you and how you displayed your authenticity and because people see right through our, our, whatever, our, what's the word? Our mask. They see through that. Yes. Yeah. And so you, I love how vulnerable and open you are with your people. That's so good. And that, and that's not something that I've always been able to do. So I'm very, and, and it does, you know, at times, you know, you always wonder, you know, am I being too transparent? Am I being, I don't want to be so transparent that I lose not even a respect, but just. Right. I know exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like hard to put a word to it. Yeah. There, and I know there's a balance and you know, I'm sure at times I've hit it and I'm sure at times I've completely missed it, but I do try to look at my ladies and say, you know, I know in that time, there was a time that I, I would not have allowed them to be there for me. I, I would have pushed them away and I would have said, I'm dealing with this on my own because you're not supposed to serve me. And so, but that unique way that it all came together and was like orchestrated has given me an open door to their most vulnerable positions. And they trust me with it because they're like, wait a minute, this girl is just telling us like, not today. Like I can't do this today. Right. I, I, I'm not, and I would be very, I mean, I was, I wouldn't be like, Oh, I'm not praying today or anything like that. But I'm just like, I would let them know, Hey, like today was a really hard day. I, my faith was not where it needed to be. And just having that, they're like, you know what? It's okay to have that and to identify it, not to live there, but to identify it. Because sometimes when we feel, you know, a feeling of fear or feel these feelings, we're like, okay, well, I'm just a terrible person and I could never be like right. this person because they always have faith or the pastor's wife always does this or the pastor. And I just, I want to have that like margin or gap closed just a little to say, you know what? We're servants of God. And if anything, we're chief servants. And so we're trying to figure this out. You're trying to figure this out. And we just have different roles in the kingdom. And, you know, we're young, so we're here to serve you as as much as we can, but we don't have all the answers. And I feel like that's more respected. You know, if, if someone looks at me and asks me something and I don't know to not just give them, you know, just some answer, right? Right. Because they're not looking for that. They're looking for you to say, you know, I don't know, but I'll get back with you. Or, you know what? I have felt the same way. And this is what I did when I felt like that. Um, I did this, um, my husband has an incredible story. He was an addict. Um, he was almost an atheist. So when he tells his story, it, it has this effect on people that I, you know, I don't even understand because I was raised in church um, because they're like, wait a minute, if you can be a pastor and you can have gone that far out, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I, there's hope for me. There's hope for my son. There's hope for my family. And I just think it makes it a little more closer to home. Right. It's interesting how the enemy twists it in your head though, to, to think, oh no, I can't be vulnerable. Yeah. But when you, I mean, your, your story right here, it's just one of many that proves the very opposite of that is so true. And you went into it with like, you didn't have a five-year relationship with your church family and then went through it. You like started out that way. Yes. So they and didn't even was, know you. They could have thought you were a crazy person already. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, and 
what's crazy is like, I'm, I'm very much, I, I told you I'm not, I'm not big on small talk. So I have a very, I have to be reined in a little bit to not like, you know, have this big, huge, deep converse, conversation because I'm that personality. So when I first come in, it was just like, you know, I was very real when I would have a bad day about if I had Googled neuroblastoma that day, like you knew it, like there was no question. And I would have people that would, you know, my face, my facial expressions. My husband says that I have to work on those or have my <laughs> facial expressions, you know, be a little more quiet because whatever I'm feeling like my eyes, you will see it. Right. Mm-hmm. And as a pastor's wife, like that's a little hard, <laughs> like, right. Yes. Everybody's looking at your face. And so you're like, and I had those moments where I'm like, and I think it's, it's w- not weird, but I know God orchestrated it the way he did because the way that I was at our first church and the way that I am now, it's totally different. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, not that I'm, you know, just tell everybody my business because I don't, but you know, like when I have those times or, and there's appropriate times to discuss things, I'm just like, you know, I've been there too, or I have, you know, thought this, or I have, you know, had to rebuke the devil here when, you know, I had that fear come on me. And these people like feel like they can come to me. Does that make sense? Like, yes, they feel like there's, there's this space where I know she's not going to judge me because she told me she's been there and she told me she did this, but I just need to talk through this. And I'll tell them, you know, just talk through it. And sometimes I don't need to say a word, just you talking through it is going to help you, you know, just that is so true. So true. And it's true with everyone. Oh, that's good. Oh my goodness. Like I have so many questions swirling around, but I'm going to, we're going to keep it focused. I'm so proud of me. I feel like we've done a good job keeping this really focused. (laughs) I'm proud of you for keeping me focused. You've been amazing. This has been so good. I know it's going to just encourage the mess out of anybody that listens to it. So encourage the mess. That's a really nice thing. Also classy. We're just all being very authentic these days um, yes. with our, our, Zoom, our Zoom meetings and, and us yes. showing up maybe only half dressed because they're only going to see us from our show yeah. Who, up. And I was dressed in my Zoom meeting on Wednesday. I was, yes. but my clothes didn't match. Like my top did yeah. not. I was wearing like yoga pants, like workout pants and a nice shirt. But hey, yes. whatever. Yeah. We're authentic right now. Hey, this what? has been amazing. Tell me um, before we go, how, how can people connect with you online or if they can? So um, my name is Heather Conley. So if you would like to add me on Facebook, but I have a page called Intentionally Yours that I just completely, it's not um, connected to the church, but it's a page. It's just, um, excuse me. It's called Intentionally Yours. Mm-hmm. And um it's just encourages people, um, women mostly, I'm sure it would encourage men if, if, if they did also, but mostly women, just, um, mamas, just they're rooting for them and letting them know, um, you know, that there's people praying for them and that we're all in this together, um, kind of, kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find me. All right. I will put that in the show notes. Is there any like resources or anything that's been really helpful to you? So, well, first and foremost, the pastor's wife life. If, of um, course. It, yes, of <laughs> course. That is first. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say getting, um, and I don't even know if this is somewhere where you can go and actually find this like on, on a website, but I would say getting together with people. You're not going to be able to get together with, with anyone um, you know, with everybody in your church, but to, to get together as much as possible and just have like girls, girls day. I have, I have found that in my church, that has been one of the like biggest, um, even church growth things like getting mamas together. They may not even hear about you, but if they can get together at your house and have some spinach dip and just Mm. sit there and talk or, you know, at a coffee shop, whatever, but that connectivity, that is huge because they're going to connect with you before they connect with the body. Um, for the most part, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that is just, 
that has just been very helpful to me um, and pastor at, at this church for sure. Oh, that's good. Of course, after Corona. Yes, not, yeah, yes, for sure. Or just everybody grab a cup of coffee and meet around the computer screen. Yes, yes, <sighs> do a Zoom call. Oh my goodness, it's so crazy. Uh, will you pray for, for anybody, however you feel led uh, for the listeners? That'd be great. Absolutely, absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, God, for this opportunity, God, to even be able to touch lives, God, that I may not even know. I ask you, God, that you would touch each and every pastor's wife that is on here, God, that will listen. I ask you, Lord, God, that the people that are affected by Corona, God, I think we're all at this point affected in some way, but the people that are are sick or that have a loved one, God, I pray that you minister unto them, God. I ask you, God, that you would heal them, and I pray that the things that have, even the routine and the schedule changes that have come out of this, that we can look at it, God, and we can bring something good. God, that it can be a reset, that we can go and connect with you more, that we can be thankful for our church family, God, and we can be grateful for the things that, God, we all have taken for granted. I thank you, God, for Miss Jacqueline. I thank you, God, that she has this, God, resource for pastors' wives. I know, God, that they are your jewels, God, and, and they don't always get acknowledged, God, but I pray that you give them a special strength, God, and wrap your arms around them, God. Give them a passion and light a fire under them. I pray, God, that they do your perfect will. I pray that you bless their efforts, that your name would be glorified. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.